This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. My name is Dan Gillette, and today I'm joined by Charlie Mang. Both of us serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, let's give it a go. I'm not used to doing the intro, so... You got it, dude. Really nervous. Take it away. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Behold Podcast. It's Dan here, and uh, so great to have you with us. You're hearing my voice for the to start off because uh, my partner in crime, Sean, is with his lovely bride in Southern California visiting Mickey along, in Along with their little child. That's w- right. Wendy. They, that's right. They did take Wendy. That's, <laughs> that's an important... I mean, yeah. Kind of an important piece. Yeah. You know? I'm, but uh, uh, apparently it's their anniversary or something like yep. that. So. Eight years, right? Yeah. I think they're celebrating eight years of marriage, which Congratulations. is so Congratulations. Happy yep. anniversary. And um, by now, I'm sure you've you've noticed who my guest is. It is uh, the tall, the bearded, the handsome. He's wearing very, a very punk rock shirt right now. It's like, what is it? It's like eyeballs popping out of skull <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> uh, so so my, my past, I, I was involved very much in like the hardcore punk rock scene. Yeah. Like sang in bands like this, where I'd be like, rah, 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 like that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, but uh, a good buddy of mine who has also been involved in that scene uh, gifted me this sweatshirt, and it's a it's a charity for uh, kids with autism. But it's oh. it's a, a bunch of old former punk rockers that started it. Punk so, rock for kids. Yep. yep, I love it. Yep. I love it. Well, uh, without any further ado, I give you try the Ming, everybody. What's up, everybody? And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> um, so, yeah, we're gonna be we're gonna be getting into. We, we launched back in here at the crossing and last week at the Altamont to our resurrection life series um, after Easter. And we're going to be looking at the first six verses in first Corinthians or second Corinthians chapter four. Um, but before we do that, you know, I feel like it's been a while since we've, we've done a sports update on the behold podcast. And I feel like sports. There's, there's a lot happening in the world of sports. You know, baseball season is in full swing. It is. The NFL draft is coming up tomorrow. Yeah. So, so like, get, you know, how, how, Hey, you're big A's fan. How are the boys doing? How, how? Know, better better than we deserve, yeah. uh, you know, and I feel like that's just the way, <laughs> the way the A's the A's are. That's your lot as an A's fan. It is the you know the ownership always makes us hate them, and then the team comes along and they're scrappy and fun. You know, we've got Christian Pache uh, from we got him from Atlanta, and he's just he's just a stud. He's so fun to watch. We got Nick Allen called up. He hasn't started off too great, but man, he was crushing in the minors. Wow. You know, we're I think we're a game You're above scrap- five hundred yeah. right now, so it's better than we deserve. I, I like it. I like it. And you know, every good like team organization needs a heel, right? So the ownership's willing to pl- play the heel. You know, so yeah, it, it, no, it, no, no, that's okay, a horrible, enough. horrible okay. assessment. Okay. Because, <laughs> I always just figured I'm the heel of VBC. <laughs> well, so no, that's that, true, that. but uh, but they, no, the ownership is just the yeah. yeah. I just don't think they care much about the fans or. Or winning, yeah. That's my that's my assessment. That's 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 painful. Well, you know, an equal uh, painful experience for me usually is the NFL draft with the Packers because they never pick who I want them to pick. Yep. This year might be different. Hopefully, we'll get a wide receiver, maybe two. Well, they got rid of Devontae, so they've yeah. got to find somebody, they right? Got to. They got <laughs> to. So, anyway, sports fans out there, um, I hope you're enjoying a great season. Hope you enjoyed the Giants. Uh, beating up on the A's the other night. Boo, that was pretty fun. That was pretty fun. Boo. Anyway, 
Um, good to have you with us, Charlie. Or I guess you, it's just me. <laughs> good to have you with, with me. me. <laughs> the well, royal and, 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 and the listeners. That's you know, true. People that are listening. That's, that's yeah, true. That's, yeah, good, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah. I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. And I'm grateful that we're back in Second Corinthians because it's just it, – obviously Easter was, was fantastic and going through the Trinity and just the, the, the different roles, uh, Father, Son, Holy Spirit in, in this rescue plan was, was so powerful and just such a celebration. Um, but it's so good to get back into this resurrection life because really it's, it's the implications of all that. It's, yep. like, it's like how, how are we now living um, under, under that glorious reality? And so um, Nate did a great job here at the Crossing Campus, kind of doing some review and and getting us started on chapter four. And, you know, the key idea is um, talking just about ministry and influence. Uh, what is that supposed to look like for us as members of this new covenant, yeah, right? As yeah. part of part of this this unfolding of God's kingdom on this side of the cross. And so why don't you just kind of... Um, Talk, talk us through, you know, give us like a little bit of a broad picture of, of what, what, we've, what we've been covering and, and kind of where we're going. Where we're going with it, yeah. Yeah, um, I, yeah and first of all, I, I just, I loved what Nate had to say because we continue to kind of hammer home this point, and it's so important that um, ministry is not something that we, I don't know, elevate out of our reach. And I think a lot of times folks think about the term ministry or minister and they don't see themselves in that light. And I just love what Nate talked about. Just it's that idea of administering aid, or or if you've got you know a medicine to administer to somebody, you're going to do that. And, and and that's what it is. It's service. It, it's service in any context that we as ministers of this new covenant we're administering that reality to the world around mm-hmm. us, right? And and Paul paints such a beautiful picture of that, even as a specifically appointed apostle to the Gentiles, you know, had these unique things. But what we're seeing is this broader application for anyone who who has been brought into this life through the Spirit. Um, this is what we do now. This is what we are about now. And I hope that that as it has for me, that as as we are going through this as a community, that our hearts are challenged and and even convicted if we're not thinking about life in those terms. Um, if we're if we're continuing to chase the things that aren't going to satisfy, you know what I mean. Like mm. if we're continuing to to put things before the Lord um, in in terms of our identity or our purpose. You know, yeah. like we are not Republicans or Democrats first. We are not A's fans or Giants fans first. Mm, right? Yeah. We are we are followers of Jesus first and foremost. Well, and, and that, I, what I love about that is <clears throat> it clarifies things for us, and I think that clarity produces confidence. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And and that's that's the idea that that Paul kind of, you know, starts off with and, and Nate did a great job of just saying, Man, we have we have a hope that is that is sure and solid and we have a mission that is clear and and broad for, for all of us. Yep. And it's this all encompassing, holistic kind of, you know, experience. Yep. And we we have no reason to shrink back from it. Nope. Right. And nope. and so I, Well, and that's and then going to your your original question, that's really where Paul's heading, right? Yeah. In this thing. So, if you go back back to to the first thing that we looked at with this series in chapter 2, 14 through 17, you know, he says that that God is leading us in Christ in this triumphal procession with Jesus. And and the picture there, it really is this kind of dual picture of those who have been liberated from the enemy's camp are now marching shoulder to shoulder with Jesus. But there's also this picture of those who've been captured by Christ 
are, are marching with Jesus to declare his victory. Yeah. And, and as, as his captives, as the, the captives of Jesus, um, what that means is, is a life, like you said, of purpose, of identity, of simplicity when it comes to how we prioritize and how we live, right? Yeah. It is about proclaiming the gospel, but it's also a life of suffering. And that's where he's going to go, really, when we get into verse 7 through 15, uh, where, where he starts to say, like, we're tr- we hold this treasure, we hold this, this knowledge of Jesus, and it's a relational knowledge of Jesus, but we hold this powerful truth in jars of clay. And, and again, Paul so acquainted with the frailty of his own body, of his own stuff, you know what I mean, of everything he's been through for the gospel. Uh, he understands that God uses that suffering. He uses that, that kind of hardship to reflect Jesus' suffering in our lives and to proclaim to the world around us the power of the gospel. So it's just, there's just so much beauty in, yeah. in this section. For sure. And and. So much of life, I think, is about managing expectations, right? Yep. And obviously, there, there's a lot of joy and, and peace and hope and and um, beautiful things that we get to experience in, in this reality of of knowing this 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 Godhead, this person, this this Redeemer that has um, you know invited us into this new covenant. But <clears throat> we also have to be aware that that it's a it's a hard road that that we're walking right and there's going to be suffering even just in the world right just as as a part of a broken world and so if we can start to start to um know that that is going to be part of our existence you know that it's going to be woven into to our life story uh, especially if we're faithful to be ministers right if we're administering the gospel yep. there's going to be opposition and so i think if we if we can train ourselves to to expect that then it'll keep us from doing the things that that we're warned about in this passage right of you know um distorting or or um you know manipulating the message or watering down the message right yep. because i think if 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 we're if our life is just about avoiding suffering and we just want to have the easiest path to heaven we can then yeah we're going to we're going to water things down to make it more palatable for people we're going to maybe change what the gospel has to say in some way or or manipulate it for our own purposes rather than staying faithful to so right and isn't yeah. isn't that such a big piece of what Paul's doing of of just holding up the purity of the gospel. Yeah. You know, back in, in 217, he says, we're not like peddlers, you know, these people who mm-hmm. water down their product in order to make more money or get more power or get more whatever, right? And, and throughout this whole section, all in chapter three, it is about the purity of the gospel. And, and what Paul understands is that there is going to be suffering mm-hmm. that comes with that. Now, granted, the suffering we experience in terms of persecution in this country is very different than what the first century oh, oh Christians gosh. walked through. Or, or what even people around the world, right? 100%. Are, are dealing with now. But, but what Paul does, and if we fast forward all the way to chapter 12, when he, he talks about the thorn in his flesh, if you recall that, that, that thing, you can go look it up in 2 Corinthians 12. He says, you know, I, I've been given this thorn in my flesh by a messenger of Satan, right? That there is... There is a physical ailment that I am having to endure that Satan himself is behind. 
And I pleaded with the Lord three times to take it away. And God said, no, because my grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. So it's not just persecution from you know, the world around us. It's the persecution of the enemy in, in whatever realm we find ourselves in. And so whatever suffering we're going through, I think with maybe the exception of godly discipline, if yeah. there are issues in our lives where God is, but even that, we look at that suffering with with gratitude because what God is 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 bent on doing is to produce. Um, well, He wants to make His power known. Make His power known. He, he does His best work in us yes. when we are, you know, at the end of ourselves. Yes. Right. Yep. Yep. And you can't get to the end of yourself if you don't go through some hard stuff. That's right. Right. So, I want to ask you a question just about the clarity of the gospel, and you know, what what are some things you do either with your kids or with your friends or just personally in your, in your own life, what are some things that you do to, to help reinforce that idea, you know, just in your daily life, right? Because this isn't something that we can just do every once in a while or, or, Oh, I heard the gospel once and I trusted in Jesus and now I'm good. Like, how do you kind of continually preach the gospel to yourself, right? Because if you're not, how are you going to preach it to anybody else? Yeah. Uh, multiple things. I think maybe two that are uh, just in the top of my head personally is I am um, developing a greater discipline of assessing my emotions and, and keeping in mind that emotions reveal the truth of what you understand, right? It's not the truth, but the truth of how you are processing or understanding things. And so if I get angry over something, it's a good chance for me to stop and say, what is it that I'm believing about this situation that is producing the emotion of anger? And when I do that, I'm able to bring it back down to are the true implications of the gospel at the center of who I am? Yeah, that's good. Because if, if something comes up that challenges that, then most likely there's something off. And so that helps me to, to do that. Um, another thing, and, and I guess more so with like my kids or if I'm mentoring people or if I'm talking to folks who don't know the savior, I want my goal in those relationships, even with my kids is that I am a trustworthy place to ask questions. And if my, because I could sit down with Bible for Bible study, you know, three times a week with my kids or every night with my kids. And that's a great practice. No question about it. But what I'm hoping to, to implement and instill in them through that process and through our relationship is to ask questions, mm. you know? And, and so if they can come and ask questions and they can, and they feel a freedom to say, Hey, I heard this, or I saw this on a show, or there's, there's, they said this at church, right? Can we talk through that? I want them to have that freedom. You know, my kids, strangers, wh whoever it is, I want them to feel that freedom with me to be able to do that. And so I think that that's a big thing for my own life is that I'm ready to ask questions yeah. of the word. And so yeah. my goal is to come to the word and answer that question. That's good. Yeah. And then being a safe place to do that yes. is huge, right? Yep. Because people need to be able to trust that you're not manipulating something yep. or, or serving your own ends, yep. you know, that you're, you're, that what they get from you is going to be to the best of your ability, the, the pure unadulterated, you know, truth. Yep. I think that's huge. You know, one thing that came to mind for me along those lines is just there's so many different opportunities uh, interpersonally to point to the gospel, whether it's a coworker you're having a dispute with, or it's somebody who um, offended you in some way, um, could be online, could be, uh, you know, a neighbor that is, oh man, 
a neighbor that is just grinding your gears. Okay, sure, sure. can you tell? I, yeah, can yeah. you tell I'm working on one? I, it was. It was. Yeah. I, I was proud of you because it seemed like you some were restraint. about to say some names. Yeah, exactly. But you, exactly, you stopped exactly. yourself. So good job. Yeah. So or or it is with your with your um you know boyfriend girlfriend spouse sibling whatever um. How many times in a day do we have, or in a given week, do we have to forgive somebody? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we just say, oh, I forgive you. Or, or maybe we don't, and we need to work on that. But to go the step further and say, you know what? I, I have been forgiven so much. Yep. And so it's out of that like place, uh, that understanding of reality, that gratitude, that I'm going to forgive you too. Absolutely. You know, or, or even to just be able to say, hey, no one's perfect. Like This is why we need Jesus. This is why we needed a suffering savior to come and, and, and take care of this sin problem because we, none of us can keep the law. None of us can. And so just, there's so many different little opportunities and I, and I feel like it doesn't have to be cheesy or like pious or overly spiritual. No, you you just say it's relational. And that's, and that's the thing, right? Is that I think that we, we tend to elevate spirituality to this, this mystical kind of experiential kind of thing. And is there experience? Is there beauty? Is there marvel in our relationship with the Lord? Absolutely. But if it if it is if 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 we are we are turning it into something that is not uh, uh, similar to how we experience just everyday life and yeah. relationship, then it's then supposed it's, to be understandable, exactly, tangible. Like exactly. it's supposed to make sense in reality. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. For for sure. For sure. So I think I think that's really helpful, and hopefully for for you guys listening, just look for those opportunities to just. Uh, point point back to the gospel, and you know what what has God done to br- bring us back to Himself, yep. and what is this new covenant reality that we're in? And y- you might be surprised there's there's a lot of opportunities if you're if you're paying attention. Well, and I think that's been one of the big challenges, and also was very you know much a part of what Nate walked through on Sunday is this picture of our areas of influence, right? We, We've got to be aware that God has placed us in a unique time, in a unique place, with unique passions and gifts in order to proclaim his gospel. You know what I mean? And so there are people in your life ordained by God to be there that you would be the one who demonstrates either through your suffering or just through your service and, and administering mm. that, that truth to them, um, man, that God wants to use you to, to yeah. turn people to Jesus. Yeah, that's great. And I think, you know, something that should be said too, and just an encouragement is make sure you have a good handle on what is the gospel, Yep. <laughs> right? It's kind of a prerequisite for what we're talking about here. And I would like to say too, have a few different angles that you can go at it from in your toolbox, right? So maybe, you know, we, we, we studied as a, as a staff, like the tried and true bridge illustration where it's a visual representation of the separation, God's original design for relationship with humanity, the separation that sin and death brought into, and then how the cross remedied that, whether it's that or it's, um, you know, maybe you want to have uh, kind of an, an, an apologetics, you know, approach to it. Or yep. like, I like to think about just, um, there's this great book by Greg Kokel, The Story of Reality. Some people like to hear the whole thread of redemptive history and they want to, they want to hear, um, and sometimes you have time, right? They want to hear like the backstory and they want to know all the characters and they want to, how does it going to end? And there's a lot of people you're going to be talking to these big, massive questions, right? So whether it's that or whether it's like through sharing your own story, right? 
just, I, I think we need to be brushing up on, on how to share the gospel because if not, you're, I feel like you're going to get caught, caught off guard and those opportunities are going to pass you by. A hundred percent. And I don't, I don't want to, I say a hundred percent with this in mind that I'm not diminishing at all what you're saying here. We've got to be disciplined in that way, right? In growing in our understanding of the purity of the gospel, growing mm-hmm. in that pure, um, I don't know, uh, delivery of that gospel. We, we have to be doing that. But I do think that there is something to be said, you know, from again, from this passage, going back to chapter two, where he says, we, we are the aroma of Christ. It's happening. You're it is yeah. happening. And, and it's, it's more of an awareness. And then in each circumstance, as you come across people to say, as I get to know this person relationally, what is going to be the best way for me to proclaim the gospel to them? And that, and like you said, right? Like this guy really has a ton of questions and they're all these big questions. Yeah. I want to be a safe place for him to ask those questions. And I want to be so Kokel's great, you know what I mean, for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, but And obviously the resources are, to, I'd say, limitless to yeah. some degree on things that we can do. But it's got to start with relationship. It's, it's not it's – not, <laughs> it's obviously primarily I want to win this person for Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But if it is just a, a callous – like like a project. I'm just yeah, – exactly. Then, then man, we're It's we're not going to be effective. It's exactly. not going to be effective. It's we're not going to be effective. It's got, yeah, it's got to come from a place of genuine relationship because that's, again, how God created us. Well, and, and that's what that's what compelled God to do what he did. Yes. You know? So if, if we want to be in rhythm with his heart, that's where we need to be too, right? Love it. So shifting gears here a little bit, we see in this passage um, another reference to the, the veil, Right. I'm uh, sorry. I'm laughing yeah. because there's been a lot of gear references. We know How's we're, gr- right? we're grinding gears. We're, now shifting. we're shifting gears. I guess wow. only two. But that's that's going to be the name of our podcast. There we let's go. see if we can get a third one later. Just, right. But like, let's see if it just organically. Happens. I love it. Okay. Love okay. it. So we we see another reference to to the veil in in verse in verse three. Right. This um, we see that if the gospel is veiled. So even if we're if we're living clearly. And and we're we're communicating clearly, and we're not distorting or manipulating or watering down. There's still going to be some people that don't get it, right? That there yes. that there's going to be a veil over their hearts, and and that their minds actually have been blinded. And so I wanted to get into that a little bit and just talk about you know what what does that mean for us? Um, what does that mean just in the grand scheme of like humanity and redemption and there's a lot of issues kind of, I think, buried underneath that maybe we won't get all to. But what, what do you think is the big idea there, Charlie? You know, wh- why bring up the veil again here, you know, in, in this context? Yeah, so I, I mean, I think that he's using similar uh, language, you know, a similar analogy of this, this idea of the veil over the heart um, to communicate the same point, but to show it from the flip side of it, that, that this, is, this is the reality, that when we turn to Jesus— God removes the veil, and we get to see that. But that there are those in this world who refuse to turn to Jesus, who, who, who have, have that, that bent. And, and man, what does he go on to say, right? That it's the God of this world, he's talking about Satan, who is manipulating their minds in order for them not to see it, to not, to not go for it. And so, you know, from our perspective, again, it's, it's the same as Paul's, because here's what Paul is experiencing, is he's going out and he's, getting, he's being beaten as close to death as possible by those that are veiled, 
he is, he is being driven out of towns. He is being persecuted. And that persecution word, it's the idea of hunting down an animal, right? Like he is being hunted down uh, because of what he's proclaiming. But his animosity isn't towards those that are hunting him down. He doesn't fight against flesh and blood, right? He says if it were up to him, every single Jew would be saved, even these ones that are like wanting to kill him, right? Like that's his heart. And, and he understands that it's not, it's not God who's blinding them. He understands that it's not, it's not their own flesh necessarily that's blinding them, but that the enemy is working diligently to blind them. And so what do we do in that? Man, we follow that example of saying we continue to show compassion and love. And the goal is this, is that the life of Christ would be seen in our lives and they would turn their gaze to him. Yeah, right. that's really good. Yeah. That's really good. Now, just a real quick question just came to mind. So... I think it was uh, kind of end of chapter three when when Paul says, he, he's talking about, um, he says, you know, to, even to this day when Moses is read, the Israelites have, have that veil. And then when, he, when he's talking about veil here in chapter four, is he, is he just talking about Israelites or is he talking about anybody that might hear the message? Uh, c- could we say that those that have not yet come, come awake to the gospel and trusted in Christ all, all of those people are in the same boat. They're all veiled. Or is he specifically talking about Israelites? I would say that, I mean, my, I, I, I will be honest. I'll put you on I the spot a bit, yeah, yeah, I don't think I've, I've, I've studied that completely. But I think that contextually, um, the idea is, is probably coming from his experience with the Jews. Yeah. Because that's already been, been mentioned, as you said, you know. Um, but I do think it's obviously broader than that as well. Yeah. It's not the God of the Jews. <laughs> yeah, I mean? yeah. It's the God of this world. The God of this that, world. That's, right, that's, that's a key to, thing, I think. You're yeah. right. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and so I, I, I do think that, that there is a, a broader um, group in mind there. Yeah. Now, obviously, you know, there's, there's much debate that's gone on, you know, throughout uh, the generations you know, just different interpretations of, of this idea of like the the veil, you know, blinding someone from seeing the glory of God in the face of Christ, you know, blinding someone from seeing the glory of the gospel. And there's a lot of different ideas about, you know, is that, is that mean that it's, it's settled and done? Like, like these, th- this camp over here is, is blinded and veiled. And this camp over here is, 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 you know, blind and veiled, but they're going to not be blind and veiled later, you know? And I think we can we can spin our wheels a lot, you know, talking about the different theological positions. Um, what what what's something? What's a good perspective for us to just kind of keep in mind, you know, that'll that'll keep us from getting out in the weeds when it comes to, uh, you know, th- these big debates about who's going to get saved and who's not going to yep. get saved. You're poking a, poking a hornet's nest. Here, I know. But that's, but I that's know. okay. Well, and and here's and here's how we've been trained. And, and I feel like it's the biblical, the right way to be trained. What does Scripture say? Mm-hmm. And so it's not, what do the Arminians say? It's not, what does John okay, Calvin say? I'll put names love, to it. it. Right? It's, it's not, it's not, it is, what does Scripture say? And, and if I am going to create or, or buy into a doctrine that, that to some degree supersedes Scripture, I'm developing a framework that now I'm going to place over Scripture every time I read it. Wow. And instead of trying to figure out the author's intent, I am trying to figure out how do these words fit my framework. So that's like eisegete versus exegete. Sure, right? Yeah, we're reading into it, yeah. absolutely, because we've got these preconceived ideas. And, and, and listen, I, I, yeah, I, I'm not going to – I'm geared toward – one way of thinking. Okay, good. Oh, good filter. I like, like it. it. No, well, I'm just going to say the geared thing. Oh, I, you I did. Just, oh, you got I did it. it. I did it. Yeah. Yes. Okay. okay. Uh, but, but 
I, I have to be hyper aware of that when I'm going to passage that, passages that talk about these kinds right. of things. Because I know I'm, I've got that capability of filtering it through my own, fa- my own framework yeah. as opposed to saying, what is the author and, yeah, trying so to say And that's not the here? point of this passage. It's to, no. to discuss you know, no. Calvinism. But, versus, but, but yeah. at the same time, this passage is very clear. It's the God of this world. It is Satan who is right, blinding right. them to the gospel. It's not the Father. Well, and, and I think that's why... That's why this debate has raged on for for years and years and years because 100%. because you you'll come to certain passages where you're like oh I could see what uh, the Calvinists have a point here, and then you come to a passage like this and you're like okay well the Arminians like have a point you know and so so, so yeah. do you get what I'm saying so yeah, y- yeah, so, yeah. but but my but my my encouragement is is don't, don't even try Bible yeah. with that with that mindset yeah. like yeah, yeah, don't yeah. don't do that. And and it solves so many. It of just the, simplifies the, things. It, it does. It does. It simplifies things. And I know that. Here, here's the thing: if you're if you're a reformer, if you're on that Calvinist bent, and you're <laughs> and you're angry about what you're hearing, yeah. it was all predestined anyway. There I you have, go. No, I have no. I'm just kidding. That's I'm totally good. making jokes here. No, that's really good. And <clears throat> I think I think we're kind of like getting at kind of why we're a non-denominational church, yep. right? It's it's just because there is a lot of variety, you know, theologically here at VBC and on the things that we're able to have variety on, there's, there's all kinds of charity, right? Yep. And then the essential things we're solid on, we're, yep. and we we're in unity with. And so I think, you know, it's just, the reason I brought it up is because I could see how someone would, would kind of use this as, you know, am, ammunition for whatever camp they're in. Right. So, yep. and then, you know, another, another thing that, came to mind kind of a little spinoff of this idea. Something I've been, I've been trying to do lately is really just in my prayer life, pray scripture back to God. And there's a lot of different reasons why I do this. Um, I think, you know, first and foremost, if, if I'm praying scripture back to God, then I have a, an incredible amount of confidence that I'm praying things that are in rhythm with his heart. Right. Because, because, the when you when you read the word of god it's it's the heart of god down on the page for us you you got something on that yeah no i just i'm i'm thinking again again it's it's god has made us relational beings yeah and we can learn a lot about god in our human interactions and relationships yeah. uh, granted we also learn how much of sinners we are <laughs> you know come on I mean? now. Like, and, come and on. all that kind of stuff but here's my deal if you're having a conversation with emily yeah and emily tells you um, man, Hawaii is my favorite place on the planet. I want, I want to go on a trip there. That would be so fun. And you say, well, I hear what you're saying is, is that you really like tropical locations. Let's, let's go to Bali. And she's like, no, 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 you're not hearing me. I, yeah. Hawaii is the right. Yeah, right? that's good. It's, stu- it's stupid, right? Like we're, we, we, when we listen to somebody, we learn their heart. Yeah. That is what God's word is. Yeah. It's the way that we understand him relationally. It's not just reading yeah. a bunch of words on a page. Yeah, yeah. It's hearing his heart, knowing what he's about. And so, Dan, absolutely, yeah. like we should all be doing that because what that reinforces for us is that we are growing in our understanding of who God is yeah. in the way that we relate to yeah. him, the way that we know and him. And that's prayer, right? That it's, it it's connection, prayer. right? It's, it's, it's relationship. And then, you know, kind of the other main reason is I think if we if we're praying scripture, then we can get more specific and and closer to the actual need that we're we're addressing in prayer, right? So, 
you know, I, I think this is a passage I've prayed a lot for my unbelieving friends and family members. Uh, you know, rather than just praying, Lord, well, I pray that so-and-so would just come to faith. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that prayer, right? But if there's someone that I know is just like seeing the life of God, hearing the message of God, and they're just, it's not registering, you know, then this is a passage I can pray over them. God, would you remove the veil? You know, would you by your spirit, would you please remove whatever's in the way so that they can clearly understand? And and, and all of a sudden you, you're, you're in rhythm with God's heart and you're praying something that's specific language that God has already blessed, the types of things that God has already proven that he, he can do and will do. And so it, there's just a different power to that prayer. 100%. And, and I think at the same time, it will produce um, possible conviction or possible encouragement for us, depending on where our heart mm. is. Because again, if we understand this passage, we understand that, that Paul was putting himself on the line daily. He's, he says later, I'm dying daily mm. in order to proclaim this stuff, mm. in order to go out and live this stuff out, in order that people would see and smell Jesus on me, right? I am... I am this is, this is how I'm wired. And so in that prayer, right, as you're even talking through it, there's that, that I'm drawn to, Lord, how would you use me yeah. in this person's life? Um, what, are, what are things that, you, that, that can be communicated through my life that might help them see the power and glory of Jesus, right? And so then it becomes self-reflective before the Father, mm. laying bare before him like our willingness and our desire to suffer for the sake of the gospel that those who are far from God might see the truth of his, his glory. That's so good. Yeah. I love that. And, you know, I think the way this, this passage kind of ends too is just so beautiful and relational and, and Nate did an amazing job of just explaining that, um, the Trinitarian aspect of, of this, this, um, ministry and of the, the veil being removed and, I just, I think my favorite verse in this maybe whole, whole chapter is verse six. Uh, Paul says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so we see this, um, this, again, this active partnership with the father and Jesus um, and the spirit to, 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 to produce this new life in us. And, um, and I wonder just in your studies, Charlie, that I, I kind of, as reading that, like you can't help but think of, of Genesis one creation, right? Hmm. God, God just saying, Hey, out of nothing, I'm going to create all things. Well, and let me, let me just jump on Please. this. This gets me fired up. And something that, that I covered during our Easter series, um, at the Altamont campus. So it may not have been talked about at the crossing, but, uh, John seven, Jesus is, is at the Feast of Tabernacles, which is this incredible feast, like super fun uh, account, right? Um, and, and what the, they would do during this feast is, um, one, one thing is they would take leaves and like build little outside tents, like little huts, oh. and you would like camp out oh, like, so in, the streets, in the streets of Jerusalem. Let's do it. Like, it sounds, I know. Uh, uh, so cool. But, but one of the um, procedures that would happen during this celebration is that the priest would go down to the, the pool of Shalom, I think is what it's called, they would fill their, their thing of water up and they'd go back to the, the temple and go to the altar and pour that out into a bucket 
and then there'd be like a hose system that would bring the water down to the base of, of the thing. And it was done with like horns blowing, people shouting. It was, it was like a party. joyous yeah. kind of thing. And what was being acknowledged in that time, oh man, I'm so excited about this stuff, and acknowledged in this process is God's, uh, God's provision of water. Uh, going back to like Moses leading the people through uh, and, and bringing water out of a rock, right? but also to just the, the provision of water in this dry, arid land. Water was uh, Precious, necessary yeah. for life, yeah. necessary for life. Um, and, and then also it would be this, this act of prayer that God would provide in the, year, in the coming year, right? And so in the middle of this thing, it's actually at the end of it, it's the most important day, Jesus stands up, and, and everybody's outside, you know, do, doing And this is thing. in Matthew 7. Matt, uh, J- John, oh, John 7. 7. Oh, sorry. And he yells out in a loud voice, he cries out, all who are thirsty come to me for water. Wow. So so That's everybody bold. everybody gets the picture, right? Yeah. Like and then he says he says and from you will flow rivers of living water. Mm. So he's saying I'm going to provide this thing and then from you it will it will flow out to every everywhere else. And again that picture of that dry, humid, lifeless kind of land and the necessity of waters being on display. Well, here's what John says that what Jesus was talking about was the spirit. Yeah. And he's saying that, that we who are dead, dry, have mm. nothing at all. You know what I mean? That when we come to Jesus for life, yeah. for the very essence of life, he not only puts his spirit in us, but that spirit now is flowing from us yeah. to the world around us. Well, and you got, you got to think that, too, John was thinking about the account of the Samaritan woman at the well, yep. where, where Jesus said, hey, if you, if you drink of the water I give... It's gonna thirst no more. Yeah, there's yep. there's gonna be a, a a well, a spring coming up, you know, to an eternal spring within you of life, of life. and that's yeah. of life, and yeah. it's the life of the spirit in us. That's so and, cool. And it's so good. So again, yes, you know, let light shine out of darkness. It's from absolute void. God says, "Here is light." Yeah. It's from absolute death, death that God says, "Here is life." That's so cool, right? And so and so, yeah. I mean, that that verse six is incredible, and he even goes on in seven, right? And he says, "We hold this treasure." This treasure of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus, we hold this treasure in these jars of clay, yeah. in this frail body. And yet God is, is demonstrating his power through our suffering and through our, um, again, our ministry, our administering that, that covenant to the world around us. That's so good. Well, this has been a great conversation, Charlie. Um, Love it. Who needs Sean? I say, uh, I say we kick him out of the pod. Let's just kick him out of... Life, you know. I'm just. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. Okay. Just life, man. Well, well, as we as we kind of land the plane, just you know, one thing, just from from Nate's notes on Sunday, Nate's notes, there there is just a great, um, just opportunity for us to 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 kind of put some of this into practice. And man, the thing that I've been so encouraged with this series is is it's not a li- it's not more stuff to do, right? It's it's just live it's being right you're just being someone who is beholding jesus it's relational yeah, exactly right yeah. and so again it's that right we yeah. can go to those examples of if you look at your kids mm-hmm. as just something that you have to do <laughs> yeah i've got to drive them here and there i got to do this the kid becomes an inconvenience mm-hmm. and there's not a relationship that's yeah. built in that process but you're like what you're saying is that if we if we can get away from this yeah. idea of 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 rules for the sake of rules, yeah. yeah, if we can get away from that and understand that this is about relational intimacy, right, and and a relational intimacy, the relational intimacy that supersedes any other relationship, man, 
that that that'll change. It'll change our hearts when it comes to using the influence that God has given us. Yeah, and that and that's where the real change comes from. That's where the transformation comes from. That's what we've been looking at. When Beholding you behold him. Jesus and you become more like Jesus, the Spirit of God just does that work in you. And just like fruit growing on a vine, it just happens. It's the natural process, right? So I'm just gonna read the reflection point three that that Nate gave us and and just let it sit with you guys. Do with it what you will this in these next couple of days. Uh, yeah, see if, see if you can just spend some time being and beholding on this. So it says this, reflect on or share with someone a time when you understood more of God's glorious character through seeing something new about Jesus. And in this case, you know, don't, don't think about new as something necessarily that you've never heard before, because for some of us, we've been studying the Bible like for, for decades and decades and decades and and you may think, oh, I know it all, right? But remember, the Word of God is living and active, right? And so when you come to the Word of God and you you see something like I just read this morning in my uh, devotional hour, Hebrews chapter 1, and just all of these amazing, magnificent things. So good. I mean, he's he's the, ex, you know, the, 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 the exact imprint of, of, of God. He's, he's the radiance glory of God. He, he um, you know, is, is the creator God, like all these amazing things. See, see something about Jesus from a new, in a new light or a new perspective, right? And then ask yourself this question, how did that vision of glory change, change me, you know? Um, or maybe even you say, okay, I, tomorrow I'm going to spend some time just being and beholding and then track it, you know? Hey, the rest of the day, did it change the way I lived at all, right? Did I have more patience for my boss? <laughs> you know, did I, yep. did I, um, have more of a compassionate, uh, you know, understanding towards my barista who messed up my, my order, whatever, you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So can I, can I say something on that new thing yeah, too? Please. Just because I do think that sometimes we get in that rut of thinking, well, I've kind of figured it out. Yeah, like yeah. I, I, what's, what, what is there that's new? And it's not just like that, that God's word is living and active. That's a huge piece of it. But there's also that sense that we are dynamic beings. We change. Mm. And so, again, to, to bring it back to relationships, right? Like, you know, married to Sarah for 10 years. And I learned so much new things about her uh, through the birth of our son, Jude. I learned a ton of new things about her through my own failures as, as a husband, as a dad. Um, I, I watched her grace. I watched her. You know, and so in every day, there was something new to learn. You know what I mean? There's something new to understand because we're dynamic. We're we're created to experience relationship in newness and refreshment and all those kinds of things throughout, throughout life. And so look at it that way. Understand that that's, that's what Jesus is inviting you to have with him is, is a relationship that is dynamic. That as you go through life and you experience a new thing, immediately there's an opportunity to understand Jesus in, in a fresh way. Yeah. Right. That's really great. That's really great. Well, Charlie, thanks so much for for joining me uh, today and for helping us helping us uh, just really do what we do and behold Jesus. And if you are listening today and you just you just have questions or or, or you need some support on, man, you, you just you want to experience this refreshment, you want to experience this relational new covenant living, and you just feel stuck. Please, please let us know. I mean, hopefully, you guys have uh, numbers of our pastoral staff. If you don't, you can get on our website and email us, and uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can also email us at behold at vbc.online. And uh, I think with that, we will say, uh, we'll bid you a fine and fair adieu. Ooh. Do you like that? 
I don't know if I like it. <laughs> All right. Well, love y'all. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.